this episode contains spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey movie fans, welcome back to After the Credits with Josh and Tyler, where we break down the latest and greatest movies, including our favorite scenes, quotes, trivia, and even how we think it should have ended. Grab another bowl of popcorn and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to After the Credits with Tyler and this week with just Tyler and Dylan. Uh, we ran into a little bit of uh, unforeseen circumstances that warranted me recording an episode by ourselves just for consistency's sake. So um, I know you'll all miss Josh and you'll probably hate this because it's just me talking and a little bit of Dylan. But it's okay. We got we to gotta put out content and we know you guys want to hear it. So we're doing it. Um, today we're in the dungeon and we're doing su- we're talking about Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Right. Noteworthy that, worth mentioning that it's the Suicide Squad instead of Suicide Squad, which Suicide Squad was directed by, uh, who's the guy who did the first one with? David Ayer. Ayer? Was it Ayers? Ayer. David Ayers? Ayer? Looking it up. Look it up. But yeah, it was a different director than the, the guy who directed the Suicide Squad, which was James Gunn. One of my favorite directors. I think the guy is, uh is awesome yeah it looks like david ayer is the guy who directed the first one the one that had the joker in it and the one that had will smith and stuff that's not the one we're talking about today and honestly thank god um i don't know how you feel about the the first suicide squad dylan but your boy did not enjoy it i did not like that movie um and i think the reason i didn't like the movie actually i guess we have time um there's a lot of reasons why i didn't like the first movie (laughs) i i really didn't like how I, I thought Jared Leto could be an amazing Joker, and I didn't like how they treated the character. I feel like it would have been great if they would have given him more time in the movie. Um, the The storyline jumped all over the place. They had a lot of characters that have a pretty deep background and interesting background as well that they spent zero time on You know, introducing them. It, it's just... The, the first one I feel like was just a mess. And the reason why and we talked about this a little bit earlier is the before, you know, when I first first mm-hmm. got here today, um, we the studio stepping in and trying to take control of somebody's work of art um, where David mm-hmm. Ayer had a very specific and very like, you know, refined vision of how he wanted that first Suicide Squad to go. And it ended up just being shit on with like, what was it like? It was like four or five reshoots or something like that before the studio approved it and everything, which is just a goddamn nightmare for a director and a writer. Mm So, um, I mean, those are the reasons why I didn't like the first one. What did you think? Did you like the first Suicide Squad or? At the time, seeing it in the theater, I I, I loved it. Yeah. Because seeing seeing a new Joker, Mm -hmm. a Joker we've never seen before. Right. Face tattoos or not. um, I know people hated that. But it was different, and it was Jared Leto. Jared Leto's fucking—he's amazing. So good. Um, but I think everything, everything that you just said, is all is all the studio. And mm-hmm. and I think that if there's one, if there's one thing that I can say about the Suicide Squad is cements the fact that with Zack Snyder's Justice League and the Suicide Squad is that the studio Warner Brothers in particular should just stay the fuck out of the way. Yeah. They gave um, him free reign to do whatever they wanted to do right. with the movie, and it turned out. I mean, we saw great. we saw the the Whedon cut of Justice League, and mm-hmm. it was horrible. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it, 
it was it was a movie that I watched and it had characters that I like and that's why I liked right. it is for the characters. But um, I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League came out and it was like, yep, we should have saw that one. Right. And and with seeing this movie with uh, Gun James Gunn, yeah. the Suicide Squad, the studio stayed the fuck back out of the way right. and it was a good movie. And I think that if we would have seen a, a an uninterrupted, you know, uh, an air cut. Mm hmm then I think we I might think, be seeing different yeah. phrases. For I mean, that. I've and, and, and I d- don't go into it too deep, but I mean, I see things on Twitter that the main villain was not supposed to be Enchantress for right. for errors. Mm-hmm. Cut. It was supposed to be um, the Joker mixed with some Lex Luthor. Oh, God, how cool would that be? That would have been amazing. Yeah. But the studio wanted the big you know, the big laser growing Lots of up fire and smoke yeah. and crazy. Yeah. And, and they effects. wanted expendable creatures that, um, that the team could kill. Right. And, and, and the last thing that I'll say, and then I'll back away for a bit, um, that I recently heard is that, um, David Ayer in suicide squad, he wanted King shark, but the studio said, Nope, that'll cost too much money for CGI. Right. So then that's when he found Killer Croc Croc and went for more of a a realistic prosthetic. Right. Um, And, and, and when I heard that, I, I was, I was pissed, like flip the table. Like this is (laughs) bullshit. I want to see Killer Croc, Killer Croc in, in, in a different movie. But if, if David Ayer had a plan that he wanted to do King Shark. Right. I, why why wasn't he able to do it? Right. And so just a little bit more about that before we get into mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad. So a, a bit of background is both Dylan and I are pretty big comic book fans and also big fans of the 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 comic book films. So, you know, the, we, we really, really enjoy, you know, diving in and, and breaking down these movies as well. So I, honestly, when I when I I didn't know until you just told me, I didn't know that he at at first wanted King Shark in that. Mm-hmm. Like that that would have been great. I love Killer Croc. Like I think he's a fantastic character. I think they did an absolute horrible job with that character in Suicide Squad. Yeah. It was nothing like he was in the comics. It was nothing mm-hmm. like like the the character should have been played. It was it was just not it was not good. It's and you now that I know that you can tell like, oh, they had to throw him in at last like the last yeah. minute and just Yeah, like, you can you can see where that makes sense. Yeah. And then I mean and 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 to touch a little bit on on the absence of Josh, if there was an episode for me to talk just a little bit no on, kidding. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a comic book movie. Um, I mean, any other movie, I I I need to take a step back and and just do my job, just play with the audio levels. But um, right. But I feel like this this if if there's a chance for me to talk, it's gonna be a movie like this. So. Right. It fits perfectly, and you know to. To talk about the the, the directors, because I, I mean a big thing with this movie and a lot of a lot of people's concerns and a lot of people's, you know, I guess questions about it is is like okay, is this like a sequel? Is this a prequel? Is this is this you know is this a standalone? Like what what is this? And I think that you know in the comic books, the Suicide Squad consisted of so many different mm-hmm. characters because and how I explain it to people is like if you've ever seen the Expendables movie. Yeah, that's exactly what the Suicide Squad is, just with normal people. in In the new Suicide Squad, you still see Viola Davis, you still see uh, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flag. So you got Amanda Waller, Rick Flag, and you even have Boomer, Captain Boomerang, in it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's they they are doing another mission with just a new set of Suicide Squad members, which is basically what mm-hmm. this movie is. So, um, and then to touch a little bit, so I. I 
definitely with the first Suicide Squad, the 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 production company and the the studio got their hands in it and screwed it up. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing for the second one, or for, not for the second one, I'm sorry, for for the Justice League, was that it was a completely different director. So you had yeah. Zack Snyder's kind of outline of the movie, but then you had Joss Whedon come in and just shit all over it, <laughs> um, just massive rewrites and and right. and cutting out very key and important parts and it was just i mean that's the first time that we met the flash that's the first time that we met cyborg that's the first yeah. time that we met aquaman and they cut out so much backstory yep. and intros to them um to where it just made the movie just so it, it kind of like the first suicide squad it's just all over the place right just right. all over the place so well um, i think this the suicide squad if you had to put a label on it it would be what they would consider a soft reboot Mm-hmm. It's still in the same universe. You right. still get, um, you know, some of the same characters. That's fair. Um, but it's it's going in a different direction now, which right. which I think we should get into. Do you have, you want to break down the characters? Yeah. So for sure. For, so let's let's start out. So uh, I I always I like doing the tagline. Um, uh, so the tagline for the new The Suicide Squad is they're dying to save the world, which really hits on the fact that they're all expendable. Yeah. And they're there to save the world. And if they die, they mm-hmm. die. Like what happens? Which. You see a lot of that in this movie. You see a lot of of characters that you're like, oh, that's a big actor. Oh, they're going to be in this for like, it's cool <laughs> that I'm going to see them for a while fighting crime and, 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 you know, doing all their superhero stuff. And then they die like opening credits. Like, <laughs> I, I guess one of the cool things is that James Gunn did not give a shit and, and, and did that just because he wanted to do that. So um, as I've stated like six times, the director was James Gunn. He did Guardians of the Galaxy, both one and two, and he will be doing three as well. So looking forward to that. He also did movie forty three. I don't know if you've seen that, um, or if any of you guys have seen that. It's a it's a movie that's built up of multiple like comedic skits throughout it with really big name actors like uh, Josh Brolin, um, uh, Halle Berry, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Like there's there's a bunch of big name actors in it, and they're just doing stupid comedy skits throughout the whole thing. So it's kind of fun. He also did. He, he's no stranger even before Guardians of the Galaxy to superhero movies. Um, and if you say that this isn't a superhero movie, I will tell you that you're incorrect. Um, but he did the movie Super with Rain Wilson, which is kind of just a normal dude who thinks that he gets like a uh, a message from God and wants to go fight crime. So he literally takes a wrench around town dressed in this big red suit and just beats the hell out of uh, of, of criminals and stuff. So. He's no stranger to blood. He's no stranger to high action and special effects and stuff, which is what you get in the Suicide Squad. Um, so let's talk about a bit of the let's talk about the cast because um, there's a lot. I mean, this this uh, as as like a superhero ensemble movie, this cast is like on par, or at least close to on par with like Avengers: Infinity War, with like how many different superheroes and how many big names are in this 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 movie so uh you got michael rooker um he played savant in the movie he was in guardians of the galaxy he played yondu uh he was also in the walking dead he played merle in that um he uh he's a he's a big buddy of of james gunn um you'll you'll see kind of a a bit of a theme here where james gunn likes to cast his buddies in his movies which is great because his buddies are happen to be great actors so it's it works out completely fine and they're fun to watch on screen so that's uh, that's kind of how that works, and you know, it's similar to like Adam Sandler with his movies. He likes to put in, you know, Rob Schneider and mm-hmm. uh, David Spade and stuff like that. Um, so you got Michael Rooker, Savant, um, and I'll just go through with each one of the because there's a lot, there's a lot of them that die. I'm gonna go through which each one of them, and we'll list which ones die right at the beginning of the goddamn movie. So Michael Rooker as Savant, 
dies at the beginning of the movie. It's actually a pretty poetic and funny death because uh, at the beginning of the movie, he's it, the scenes oh, the, the the credits roll and the scene opens or the first scene opens with him kind of just sitting in a jail cell and bouncing a ball. He's getting his outdoor time right, mm-hmm. and there's a little bird chirping in the corner, or whatever, and it bothers him. So he throws this little ball and crushes this little bird, and yeah. it's, it show it's brutal. It shows it and everything. Um, well, he he starts seeing all of his uh, Suicide Squad members dying on the beach that they're trying to storm um, when they're going to do their mission. And he decides, like, oh, I can't take this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. So he swims mm-hmm. off. He jumps back in the ocean. He swims off. And uh, Viola Davis, uh, Amanda Waller, blows his head off. It just blows him up. And then you see, like, a little bird, the same, like, type of bird come down and, like, eating his, like, his, <laughs> like, his, his blood and, like, eating. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Um, so you got Michael Rooker. You got Viola Davis uh, plays Amanda Waller. Uh, she was in the first Suicide Squad. Um, she was in the movie Fences, I believe. Denzel Washington was in that movie. There was, I think she won an Academy Award for that. She's a great actress. Um, she was also in Law Abiding Citizen um, with uh, da, 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 Jamie Foxx and uh, Gerard Butler. So um, she comes back and replies, pr- reprises her role as Amanda Waller. Uh, Joel Kinnaman, Colonel Rick Flagg. Um, he was in Sue. Mm-hmm. He, I, I don't, he's more of a TV dude, and I'm just not familiar with his work in TV, but he was in the first Suicide Squad, the same character, Colonel Rick Flagg. And then he was in the Robocop remake that they did. He was Robocop, I guess. If you say so. I never saw that movie because <laughs> it's Robocop. But uh, it, yeah, it, he, he hasn't done much other along the lines of like movies. He's just more of a TV guy. But um, he, uh, so I guess before we get into any more. Um, this is a new movie. So when we do new movies that you might not have had a chance to see, this is going to be pretty heavy spoiler alert. Like uh, there's going to be a lot that I talk about that happens in this movie that will give away the ending and tell you what happens. So um, just so you know, I haven't really given anything away yet, but yeah, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, heavy. Um, so Joel Kinnaman uh, as Colonel Rick flag does die. He dies at the end of the movie. Um, pretty brutal death in a real cool way of showing he gets stabbed in the in the chest and you see like the the bit of like uh, it's like a broken like uh, sink or porcelain toilet or something but you see the piece they show it in cgi like the the piece piercing his heart and like the every time his heart pumps it's like pumping out blood but you show that he got stabbed in the heart so he dies um you've got uh so that's that's his character you've got idris elba which i love idris elba uh he's fantastic he plays Bloodsport. I didn't want to give him credit for this movie that he was in, but uh, I have to because it's noteworthy and it's funny. But he was in Cats, the the new Cats movie where they're all humans CGI'd as fucking I, cats. I fucking loved Cats. You did I not. loved it. Did you see it? You saw it and you loved it. Fuck no, I haven't seen okay, it. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I was going to say, please, Dylan, tell me you did not actually. It, from what I've heard, it's it's ranked as one of the worst movies like ever. It's It was bad. So bad that they released it and then pulled it from theaters after they released it to reshoot and re-release it again. That's how bad it was. Ouch. Um, lots of money lost in that. So he was in that. Um, don't worry. He's done a lot of a lot of better movies. Uh, he was in The Fast and the Furious, The Hobbs and Shaw's The Villain. He was really cool in that. That was an awesome uh, role for him. He uh, One of the most noteworthy things is he was in... You know, a lot of Avengers movies and all of the Thor films is Heimdall. He's the guy who opens the different portals portals and lets Thor travel to Earth and, and different realms and stuff like that. Uh, he was in The Dark Tower. Um, 
a movie that honestly should have done better than it did, but due to lack of advertising and a kind of a weird storyline, didn't do too hot, but it was a fun movie. He was in The Jungle Book. He played Shere Khan, the, the tiger in The Jungle Book, which his voice was just perfect for, and that was awesome. And then one of my favorites is he was in Finding Dory. He was the seal in Finding <laughs> Dory. On uh, they, they were sitting on the rocks. Um, he also does like a lot of voice stuff. Like He, he did Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He was a voice in, in one of the episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He was the voice in one of the Call of Duty games. Um, also, you know, he was in Ghost Rider 2. And my favorite, he was in The Office. So he's done a lot mm-hmm. of really cool shit. Um, there's a lot more, but I'm not going to spend the entire episode talking about the the resume of Idris Elba. <laughs> um, so uh, another character, um, which is a fa- huge fan favorite and was in the first Suicide Squad as well, is Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, man, if they... Th- there's There's certain roles throughout, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC universe that uh that are just perfectly cast um i think that margot robbie is harley quinn is one of them uh robert downey jr is tony stark uh hugh jackman is wolverine chris evans is captain america they're just perfectly casted people to play those roles and i think that that margot robbie is harley quinn is just yeah poetic like Uh would you agree yeah absolutely and I mean, without going all back into like the DC EU <laughs> I mean, as an entirety, we got time. Go for but, it. I, but here's <laughs> I like here's about here's shit. here's what like I mull around in the back of my head is that Warner Brothers is is I mean they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they they want to reboot their entire universe and they want to redo it, but they have they really these, need they to have these characters. Redo. And and these and these actors that that play these characters that are just so perfect, right? I mean, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn mm-hmm. and um, and Gal as Wonder Woman, yeah. Um, and they they can't recast those, like because it's perfect. Right. You have them, you can't lose them. So now they're, they're I I and I I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm excited to see what they're going to try to right. do. It'll be but they're just moving the whole universe around these pivotal actors because right. they're that good. And Margot, well, you you said it. I mean, she has that role. I don't. I can't. I can't think of anyone that could do it better. No, nope, neither could I. And you know, it, it, if if there's one thing that DC does well with their films, because uh, say what you will, they've had a lot of films that they've done that have not been that great. Um, mm-hmm. But they've had a lot of really good films as well. But one of the things they are really good at is their casting. Henry Cavill is Superman. I'm not a Superman fan. I'm not a fan of the character. Okay. But Henry Cavill as Superman is phenomenal. Yeah. I really, really, and people shit on me for this, but. Ben Affleck as Batman and Bruce Wayne was one of my favorite castings as that character. Yeah. Like, I absolutely love Ben Affleck as, not only as, as Batman, but he plays a great Bruce Wayne, which mm-hmm. that's something that's a challenge when you, when you, when you, um, when you cast that character of Batman, is you're casting two different characters. You're casting mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne and you're casting Batman. And I think two totally different people. 100%. I did, I yeah. mean, that's the, the thing with an alter ego, but like, mm-hmm. like that's like when you, when you cast Spider Man. Peter Parker and Spider-Man really act the exact same. They're not much different than each other. Yep. You know, when you cast Batman, you've got the dark brooding and, you know, crime fighting, brutal, no joking around Batman. But then you've got the playboy, party boy, you know, rich billionaire, uh, goofy Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, that's not easy to cast. And I think they nailed it with fucking... uh, 
with Ben with Affleck. Ben Affleck yeah. for sure. Um, same with same with Aquaman. Jason Momoa is Aquaman. I think is absolutely fantastic. He's so dreamy. He's he is a dreamboat <laughs> and a half man. He's he's gorgeous. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, to speak on Margot Robbie to get back to the Suicide Squad, she's she's perfect as Harley, Harley Quinn. Uh, Margot Robbie's been in uh, a lot of really good movies as well. She was in Once Upon a Time uh, in Hollywood with uh, or playing Sharon Tate. Um, she's done Harley Quinn in all the movies, The Birds of Prey. I thought that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a fun movie to watch as well. She was in The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. That I love that movie. Um, and then she played I Tanya, or she was in I Tanya. She played Tanya Harding, the the ice skater in that. So. Um, yeah, she's she's great in this in this film. Uh, we've got John Cena, uh, which is strange to hear John Cena in a, in a movie role and outside of the WWE ring. Um, John Cena. John Cena. Do, 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 do. He plays uh, Peacemaker in this. Yes, yeah, Peacemaker. Um, who is basically um, the anti-hero version of Captain America? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just is one of his lines is like, um, I. Uh, what is it? Is it ju- is it justice that he says or he? I, I it's one of his. I have I have the quote in there because it's one of my favorite. Yeah, ones, we'll get to that. In yeah, the but yeah, he's 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 fun. He was in. Uh, he's obviously known from being in the WWE. He was in the Fast Nine movie, which was dog shit. He was in Doolittle as the polar bear, which was a dog shit movie. He was in Bumblebee, uh, which was a dog shit uh, <laughs> Transformers movie. Um, he was in Blockers, which I thought was funny. That was a funny movie. I think that. Um, by far, though, the Suicide Squad, his character is the best film that he's done. Um, I, I 100% legitimately enjoyed John Cena in in this movie, and I thought that his acting was on par with with uh, I just Idris Elba, with uh, Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. all of them. I thought he did a fantastic job. So he's in that. You've got uh, King Shark, which is voiced by voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Um, probably the easiest gig that he's ever had to, to yeah. be honest with you he says like 10 lines throughout the whole movie or something like yeah. that it's um but the crazy thing is is with the little amount of time that he was in this movie he made he, he's a fan favorite people absolutely loved uh king shark and the fact that sylvester stallone paid him but played him so and i'm not going to go into the history of sylvester stallone's movies everyone knows yeah everything that he's been in so um, you've got, and these are some lesser known ones, but you got Pete Davidson. He played Blackguard, uh, SNL alumni. Uh, he was in The King of Staten Island and then Motley Crue's The Dirt. Uh, he, he was, was in, in The Dirt? Yeah, he was there. He was the first guy that came and got him like signed when they're in the bar. And um, he was the first guy to come in and, and give him like a contract. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, he was in, he was in The Dirt. Um, he is another guy that dies like opening credits. Um, in a very brutal, like, gets his face blown off way. And, like, I know there's a lot of people who, where I have, I have a friend um, who she's absolutely in love with Pete Davidson. And I, I posted on Facebook that I was watching Suicide Squad. And she mess- she commented on it. She's like, oh, my God, how is Pete Davidson's role? Like, I can't wait to see him in it. And I was like, Ooh. yeah, send me a message. I was like, I, I'll, I'll tell you about it there. Because I didn't want to spoil anything for anyone. So she messaged me. And she's like, so how, how, how was he? Like, I, I, you need to tell me. I was like, he dies like 10 minutes in with getting his face blown off. Like, he's got maybe like mm-hmm. four or five lines or whatever. She's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, this movie is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, so Pete Davidson dies. He's he's in that. Uh, you got David Dustmalchian. Dustmalchian. I'm probably butchering that name. Uh, but he plays Polka Dot Man. 
Um, he's a fun character in this, and he's <laughs> with his mommy issues and stuff. He's he's just he's one of the and there's a lot of comedic relief in this movie, but he's one of them that I consistently was laughing at. I thought he was hilarious, but he was in he was in the Dark Knight. Um, he was the uh, the guy when the Joker shot Commissioner Gordon and all the police officers scatter. He's one of them. Uh, in one of the police officer suits that Harvey Dent takes into the back of the uh, the uh, the ambulance and drives mm-hmm. off and then does the whole coin flip thing and Batman tells him like oh that's a bad thing no, 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 whatever and he tells him that Rachel is going to be the next target or whatever so he was in the Dark Knight yep. so he's been in other DC films uh, he was in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot <laughs> which was I thought a weird credit for him um, he was also in Ant Man and the Wasp so he's he's been all over yeah. comic book films. Uh, let's see. So I, I told you guys the cast is is large. We still got a couple more to go. So we got Peter Capaldi. He plays the Thinker, um, which from comic book to this movie was I. It was a really good adaptation. Like I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was really really well done. Um, he was in World War Z uh, as one of the doctors, the the one of the WHO doctors, and then he was also in the show Doctor Who, which I never. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a minute of that show at all. I've seen it here and there. Um, my wife Molly um, uh-huh. was watched that, so that's okay. I knew I knew he was a doctor, right? I couldn't tell you which one or where, yep. but he's he's a doctor. Me neither, yet for sure. And then um, the last person I want to mention, there, there's just so many more. I, did, I literally don't have time to go through all of them. But the last person I want to mention is Daniela Melchior, 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 Melchior. I don't again. I'm butchering her her last name, um, but she plays Ratcatcher two. Um, she really hasn't done anything along the lines of any like big name film. She's been in a few foreign films, uh, but, th- but that's about it. But I I loved her character. She's and James Gunn went out to say that because like, uh, he was interviewed and they're like, you know, you have such a big cast. Like, who do you think who do you think is really the heart and soul of this of this Suicide Squad? And he's gone on record saying that he thinks Ratcatcher 2 was because she really brings the team together. I mean, she mm-hmm. she kind of gets King Shark to. To realize that oh these are my friends I, mean, I, I shouldn't eat them <laughs> like, like she she Idris Elba uh, blood sports character who has a fear of rats um, overcomes that fear to because of her and and becomes friends with a little rat at the end which is kind of cool um, but yeah she's a, she's a fun character I really liked her in this and having never seen her in another movie she did a phenomenal job so those are the noteworthy characters uh, that I think are worth mentioning there's more, um, and I'm sure that I'll bring up more throughout this, and I'll explain them then. But yeah, those are the main ones. Uh, so the synopsis of this movie, I'm sure everyone knows it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, so it's supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bella Reeve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese, who uh, and they they go to try to cover up some. United States government uh, shitty things. It's, it's weird because the United States has never done anything shitty that needs covered up. So this movie doesn't make sense. But they <laughs> right, yeah. So basically, there's um the the United States NASA. Okay, yeah. I'll just say NASA mm-hmm. found a floating starfish and they kidnapped the starfish, and Starro America took this. Yeah, they they took Starro, gave it to Corto Maltese, and said, "Here, you guys research on this. We're going to give you money for it." keep it on the dl Mm -hmm. we don't want this on american soil but it still needs to be researched and we want to control it yep so we'll put it in this impoverished country where you you can and so and now corto maltese has a new uh leader a new dictator 
and um, Task Force X or Suicide Squad yep. has to sneak in there and eliminate all evidence of America being affiliated with this horrible thing that's going on. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's perfect way of putting it. And hilarity ensues, and also crazy plot twists and stuff. So, yeah, it's a it's 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 a cool and interesting and new take on uh, on on one of these types of movies. So it's fun. Um, so the release date of this movie was August fifth, twenty twenty one. So it came out this month. Um, it really didn't go up against anything box office wise or like uh, release wise along lines of like streaming services or anything like that. It was available on HBO Max. You could also go see it in theaters. Um, the budget for this movie is wild. Uh, so $185 million is the estimated budget for this film. Um, in U.S. and Canada, it grossed $26,205,415. It's very low. For, for this movie, but again, it was released on HBO Max. The majority of people are going to be watching it on streaming service because they can watch it from their living room. Um, the gross worldwide for this movie was $71,405,415. Um, so it didn't even, I mean, it, 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 and that's as of right now, um, only being out for a few weeks or so, it has not, it's, it's got about $100 million to go to make its money back for, for, uh, for what the budget was so so yeah that's the that's the budget for that Tyler's trivia. Tyler's trivia. all right so for trivia we have uh, uh, some interesting stuff and, and a few uh, mishaps um, and, and missed things for, for editing and everything. Um, so first off, we'll talk about uh, Sylvester Stallone's role as King Shark. So as for how James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice the role, it really didn't take much of convincing. Um, apparently, James Gunn just like called him and was like, hey, I wrote this role for you in Suicide Squad. It won't be it won't take up too much of your time or whatever. Stallone was like, oh, yeah. And Gunn was like, yeah, it's a big kind of chubby human eating shark to which Stallone said anything for you, brother. I can't do his voice, but he uh, he he was just like, sure, I'll fucking like whatever. I'll do it. And I, mm-hmm. I wish I knew how much he made off of this movie just doing the few lines that he did as King Shark. Well, if anyone's going to make um, an animated CGI character mm-hmm. and an A-list star and they only they only say 10 words. Yeah. Or say say the same words over and over, it's gonna be James Gunn. Num num. Num num. <laughs> but but he did but he did um Vin Diesel doing Groot. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's, yeah, I, I mean about James that. Gunn, I I don't know. I don't know. He's he He's got some job. pool to be like, yeah. Hey, you're yeah, yeah. gonna make this much money and you're gonna do this amount of work, it's gonna be totally worth it. Um and then Groot has become one of the most loved characters in the arguably one of the most loved characters in the MCU. Yeah. Especially baby Groot. Like who yeah. doesn't love baby Groot? But that's how this kind of turned out for for James Gunn and Sylvester Stallone is is King Shark became one of the most the, the one of the favorite characters in this in this movie. So yeah, that's how it was. Literally took a phone call of him being like, "Hey, I got this shark role. You want to do it?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And then mm-hmm. they did it. So yeah. Um, another fun little bit of trivia is James Gunn's favorite shot in the film is when King Shark they're in the rain and they approach the they finally get to Corto Maltese and they're at a. They get to Jotunheim and they they're like approaching it and they're kind of storming the building mm-hmm. and King Shark sneaks up behind that dude and just grabs him and rips, rips him, in, him half. in half. Yeah, yeah. Um, so King Shark was definitely CGI through the whole thing, but his victim that he ripped in half was was 
definitely a dummy with prosthetics. So that's a real dummy with pros- with prosthetics that's cool. that they ripped in half. That's why it looks so great and looks so yeah. real. Um, so that's a that's a little fun fun factoid. Um, so Idris Elba was initially hired to replace Will Smith um, as Deadshot Floyd Lawton, um, but it was later decided that Elba would play a new character, Bloodsport, to allow Will Smith to return in the future. So the only reason that Will Smith didn't come back and play Deadshot was because of scheduling conflicts. So he was set to play him. He was set to come back as, as him. And they're like, okay, we'll just recast him. And then people were like, but we like Will Smith. He's yeah. Deadshot, which I did too. I th- he was one of the redeeming qualities of that yep. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool because it, it, it kind of gives you a little hint like, oh, they're going to be doing more shit like this. Like he's going to be coming back in the future DC yeah. movies as, cross as our Deadshot. Fingers, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in, in the original Suicide Squad, you see a run-in with him and Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another redeeming factor of the first one is they had Batman in it uh, for a bit, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean it, it just opens it up for more DC, uh, more DC films with Bloodshot and Will Smith, so that's cool. Um, so a little bit about uh, Margot Robbie. So she said she would play Harley Quinn for as long as she physically could. She loves playing that character. Um, she loved playing her in the DC Extended Universe. She's done a few animated mm-hmm. uh, shows and, and movies as Harley Quinn with a voice and stuff. Um, but she has admitted that playing the character is just mentally and physically exhausting. I mean, if you think about it, she's constantly constantly like over the top and radical. And she's always yeah. running around, skipping around, doing crazy, stupid uh-huh. stuff. But um, she likes playing the character. And like we said earlier, she's perfect for playing her. And, and she... Uh, she wants to do it as long as she possibly can. So, And God willing, she will. Yeah, let's hope. Um, so anyone who saw the original Suicide Squad knows about all the stupid tattoos on on Jared Leto's Joker and on Harley Quinn. I'm okay with them on Harley Quinn, but not the Joker. That's stupid. Um, apparently, there was a, uh, a tattoo on Harley's face that said Rotten mm-hmm. um, that James Gunn and both James Gunn and Margot Robbie agreed like, hey, can we get rid of that? So if you watch the first one, you'll see a rotten tattoo on her face. They removed it for this one. Mm-hmm. They both agreed that it was just a pain in the ass and it looked stupid. So they removed that, which is, is great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that they did. I don't think anyone's feelings are hurt over that. No. And I honestly, I didn't even know it. I didn't even notice it until I, yeah. I went through this whole trivia stuff for it. So um, uh, James Gunn wanted and, and this is something that I, I, I was hoping that Josh would be here because it's a little bit of a throwback and callback to uh, uh, Army of the Dead. Um, but James Gunn really wanted Dave Bautista to play Peacemaker instead of John Cena, which would I think would have been great, would have been fantastic. Um, but Bautista turned down the role to play in Army Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, so many lines can be drawn with this, the, with those two movies and these two directors and John Cena and Dave Bautista that I, I don't have time to reference all of them but i mean the fact that Zack snyder is known for some d's for for filming dc movies mm-hmm. and batista is known for being in james gunn movies and turned down being in a dc movie with james gunn to be in a Zack snyder zombie movie is comical um and then the fact that they he's a former pro wrestler and a wwe yeah. wrestler and they replaced him with another wwe wrestler i think is just fucking hilarious yeah um but yeah, that, a little throwback to Army of the Dead episode, and, and I was I was gonna ask Josh if well you've seen both of them. I was gonna ask Josh if he thought that it was a good decision if it worked out that Dave Bautista took the the Army of the Dead role over the the Suicide Squad role, and which one you thought was better. That's a good question. Yeah. So I mean, you've seen them. What do you think? 
I don't I don't I don't know enough about the wrestling guys, but uh, I I think it's ironic. Yeah, it's a situation that makes me like when I when I read about it on Twitter, I went oh Ooh, shit. yeah. But I honestly think that Dave Batista should have taken the role of peacemaker. Uh, but you know, it's it's that they they're on their own journey. I can't decide what they're, <laughs> they're gonna do. So um, another cool thing is this was the first film ever filmed entirely IMAX certified with uh, the R- the red cameras. Um, that was rated R. So the first rated R movie filmed entirely with the IMAX cameras, which is something that I thought was cool. And this is one of those movies where there's not a lot of movies that I think you need to go to the theater to see it. Um, this one's one that I watched. It needs to be watched on a bigger screen. And I think this is something that when I messaged you, Dylan, that we were doing this, you're like, is this something that I can watch on my phone or does this need to be seen on like my projector in the yeah. theater? And that's that's how I've been asking people with with, you know, with how movies are being released now. Is do I watch this on my laptop? Do I watch this on my TV with like my surround sound, mm-hmm. or do I bring this down to the dungeon where I have a movie theater and like a a, a chest thumping sound system? Like which one do I need to with watch a movie it on? Projector and everything. Right. Yeah. This yeah. is one of them that I feel like should be. What did you watch it on the projector then? I didn't. No. You didn't. Oh, but this but I watched it on the be, TV. Yeah. Right. Well, which is fine. And I think that's the the the, the smallest that you should go for this movie. Mm-hmm. Is to watch it on an actual like good quality television, yeah. Um, because anything smaller, you start to miss shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this would have been a fun ass movie to see in IMAX. The quality and the special effects would have been just. Well, I mean, when they finally fight Starro, um, like that whole fight sequence and that whole battle was just mm-hmm. visually stunning. Yeah. Um, so that would have been really cool to see in IMAX. Um, so that's a fun fact. It's the first ever film that's rated R to be filmed entirely in IMAX. So. Um, one of the set rats, uh, because there's a lot of rats in this movie because rat catcher two is in this. She controls rats with her, with her mind and with this little device that she can command them to do what she wants. But one of the set rats, the actual actor rats, um, was named after Chris Pratt. Um, but he was named crisp rat. Uh, (laughs) and the funny part about that is that he actually got a spot on the IMDb cast list. As crisp rat. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I thought That's it was cool. great. And I was like, I, was, I, I went back and rewatched, and I was like, okay, so it like makes little squeaky noises and stuff. I was like, it is not above James Gunn to let, get Chris Pratt to come in for like a day and just record some squeaky noises and have it be that Chris Pratt, the actor, actually yeah. voiced that rat. Like that's not above something no. James Gunn would do. I looked into it and it didn't happen, but yeah, it's I, I thought I thought it was kind of kind of funny with them uh-huh. being bunnies from Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy would have made yeah. sense. Um so something cool is that Harley Quinn at the beginning of the film, she sports the red and black colors um on her hair and on her clothes. It's kind of based on the appearance in the new 52 DC comics. Mm-hmm. Um and a real a kind of classic look that she had in like the Arkham games, the Arkham Asylum games and stuff like that. Um I really really got excited when she had that. And then she ditched it later for the red dress um, that she wore throughout like the rest of the movie, which worked for Harley Quinn. So it was, it was pretty cool to see that old throwback uh, outfit that she that she used to wear. That was that was pretty sweet. Um, and then the last little bit of thing here, um, it's just kind of a mess up along the lines of editing, which there weren't a lot. Um, I, I guess there's two more, so there weren't a lot of mess ups with the editing, but there were a couple. Um, when Harley confronts the squad in the midst of their rescue uh, to rescue her, uh, she has a nosebleed. Um, in her left nostril. Um, and then when mm-hmm. she finally confronts them and she comes out, the nosebleed is switched. It's now in the right mo- nostril and it's much smaller. Um, so a little bit of a continuity change. It could be said that, oh, like 
She wiped the blood from her other nostril, and then she got a nosebleed in the other nostril. Like, whatever. You can say that. But I'm pretty sure it was just a little bit of a mess up. Um, another thing is that when they're in the jungle and King Shark tries to eat Rat, rat Catcher and, and uh, Bloodsport, you know, fires a bunch of explosive rounds off on him to, to get him to calm down and everything. There's a scene where they're all kind of walking away where you can visibly see three, uh, uh, like... I don't want. To, I don't know if they're stage hands, but you can see three Q, Q, blah, blah. You can visibly see three crew members standing in the jungle around them. Um, so that's something that's uh, that's pretty interesting that was missed out. It's shades of like the the coffee cup, the Starbucks coffee cup in, in uh, Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's it. I think mean, that's it for for the bit of trivia that I have. So. I do have one bit of trivia, and this is just in. This is I saw this on Twitter um, from Jim Lee, who's uh, he's a he's a a known comic book writer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. He um, for people who read comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Jim Lee's God um, in DC Comics, so he's well known. Um, So in in the in the in the beginning sequence when. Savant is having his 15 minutes outside mm-hmm. and he's having practice with the throwing his balls at the targets and he kills a bird. Right. That bird is, in fact, a canary. Right. And who put him in Bell Rev? Was Bell it, Reeve. Was it? It was Canary. Okay. And okay. I didn't, also, I didn't know that. And and they um, they just announced that um, in the and and Peacemaker yeah. um, is going to get his own TV series yeah. on HBO Max. Um, that canary is going to be in the show too. Oh, cool! So maybe maybe, maybe we'll get a little some, bit of savant in yeah. the show as well. Right, and that'd be cool to bring them back because those are big actors, and yeah. and I was really excited about the characters and for them to be killed off so early. Mm-hmm. It might be cool to see how they got put into yeah. you know the mm-hmm. the prison stuff. So yeah, that's that's sweet. That's a nice little bit of a uh, little bit of factoids. I want the quotes. You can't handle the quotes. Here's Josh and Tyler's favorite quotes from this week's movie. All right, so for quotes, uh, there's a few of them. I, I like... They're, they're, this movie was hilarious. It was really funny, but there were also like heartwarming parts, and there were parts where they made very inhuman, unhuman, very not-human-like characters into a very... They, they put emotions with them, and they made them you know very relatable to actual normal people. So one of the lines, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, was Peacemaker's line... Um, and I knew I'd come back around to it because it was one of my favorites. But Ratcatcher goes, they call you Peacemaker. And Peacemaker goes, I cherish peace with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was the line that we were talking about later. But yeah, Peacemaker, like you said, is kind of a like polar opposite of uh, Captain America, but still a similar type you know, character and everything. So um, he, like I said, Peacemaker was fun. He was, he was a good time in the... Uh, in the movie, so it's and the and the the hilarity between like when after uh, King Shark tries to eat Ratcatcher and like they all wake up because they're in the middle of sleeping and like they're they're he's got his Bloodsport's got his uh, his gun pointed on him and everything mm-hmm. and they all kind of walk up from behind and Peacemaker walks up and nothing but like pair of whitey tidies and shit like it's it's just little things like that that James Gunn does that makes the movie as funny as it actually yeah. is so yeah. Um, there's another quote uh, between Bloodsport, uh, Rick Flag, and Peacemaker. Um, so Bloodsport's like, "What's the plan?" Rick Flag's like, "How the hell am I supposed to know?" Peacemaker's like, "You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive." 
And Bloodsport's like, and I'm deciding that you should eat a big bag of dicks. And Peacemaker's <laughs> response is, if this whole beachhead was completely covered in dicks and somebody said I had to eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problemo. Like that was <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, a line yeah. that was in the trailer. It was in the trailer. But yeah. I really was looking forward to seeing that play uh-huh. out in the actual in the actual movie. So yeah, that was a funny line. Um, and then another one, which I'm just now realizing that literally all my favorite quotes have Peacemaker in it. Um, <laughs> but another one that I had was uh, uh, Bloodsports. Like it, it's also one of my favorite scenes. They're walking through the um, the camp, and they're both kind of showing off on how how different and how uniquely they can kill other people. They can yeah. kill people. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Bloods or uh, sorry, Peacemaker shoots a bullet behind his back and, and hits a guy in Bloodsports like it's non-lethal. Like yeah, it it's like hit him in the shoulder. Yeah, or it something. didn't kill him, and he's like, no, it's exploding rounds, and he kind of just puts up his finger, like, hold on a second, the guy explodes, and Bloodsport goes, no one likes to show off, and Peacemaker's like, unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck, and uh-huh. then like Bloodsport <laughs> starts to walk away, and he's like, fuck, that's true, fuck, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. A great, that was great, <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Because it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like it was in full character of Bloodsport to admit that, right? But but, it, but he did it like behind his back, like fuck, he was right. saying that to fuck, himself, like goddamn, that is true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, those I, those two actors worked really well together on screen. I mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious. And there was a lot of stuff that, because I, I watched it like three or four times for this, but there's a lot of stuff in the background when there's, in the foreground when there's other act, or other characters talking and having a conversation. You can see in the background, like like Peacemaker will try to like touch a button on Bloodsport's like, like outfit and he'll like slap his hands away and they get in like a slap fight. Uh-huh. Like if you're not paying attention, you don't catch that shit. But yeah. like after watching it a few times, I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. Like the mm-hmm. depth that they that James Gunn put in these for these characters mm-hmm. is just phenomenal so yeah those are my those are my favorite quotes and i'm sure i'm sure there's other ones that i'm missing that are noteworthy and in fact i know there are because there's a lot of really funny yeah and good quotes in it but those are my favorite ones i mean i think um I, and this was in the trailer too when um when they're uh, almost interrogating thinker um on the rooftop and um you know and then uh, what is it rick flag um is saying like this is what you got to do like you do this you die like if you break the rules, you die. If you run away, you die. And then Harley Quinn starts taking over. If you get personalized license plates, you die. And then if if you don't cover your if you cough without covering your mouth, you die. And then Rick Flag jumps in. And he's like, "That's not an op- like none of that's true." But also, that's not an open invitation to like not cover your mouth, <laughs> which like is timely. That is a timely joke that that fits well in today's society. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's. I was I was waiting at some point for them to be for some sort of like vaccination joke or some sort mm-hmm. of like like mask wearing joke or something like that i was waiting for it to come in but um yeah that's that part is absolutely hilarious and like there's a there's another part in that scene where they're they're all kind of just walking back and forth and like talking him and kind of like you know letting him know like how imperative and how serious they are about this mission and they're going they're like they're they're saying all the lines that you mentioned and then harley quinn walks behind him in the back and she's like walking back and forth like <laughs> right that's her right. line in it uh-huh that's, and then you you can't exclude i mean uh king shark in there i mean i mean all of his lines are quotes mm-hmm. i mean Everyone. um i mean it, what was it that when they're when they're being briefed by um by viola davis and they're all like raising her hand asking questions and um and he raises his hand hand and then i mean yes, all king of shark that's, right or not nanawe nanawe yes nanawe that's that is your hand yeah and then um and this is towards the end of the movie um, when they're walking by just piles of dead bodies. And, um, you know, King Sharks, he, he looks at a dead body and goes, nom, nom. And then, <laughs> n- no, not nom, nom, King Shark. And nom, 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 nom. <laughs> um, and then I think this is this is and this will be my last one 
is when Ratcatcher um, and King Shark, when they have their moment, mm-hmm. like you you wouldn't eat your friends, would you? And then and, and he said, friends. and then I know friends. And 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 it's funny because at the same time you have Peacemaker and uh, Bloodsport like say nope nope he's right. lying he's, he's lying, lying. Yeah. but the but the best part is when she says and we're your friends now and you you wouldn't eat us would you and he says it with the best upward inflection no <laughs> like I I don't know I assume not <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it and like I said earlier leave it to James Gunn and Sylvester Stallone and the CGI guys to to make the most abnormal inhuman character breakdown to a, a, a very humanistic and and yeah. real type you know because you you can legitimately see like the the bit of like pain in his eyes when he's like i know friends like yeah. it's like you don't yeah, have yeah. any friends and he just shakes his head no i'm just like oh yeah. poor shark. this is a man-eating yeah, shark, shark that rips, yeah, yeah. rips people apart i'm just like <laughs> oh this poor shark didn't have any friends um but yeah, those are those are really good quotes. Did you have any other ones? I'm that's that's gonna do it for me. I, I didn't take notes. I'm not the movie guy. Right, that's true. <laughs> yep. So um, so I guess we can talk about the the ranking that I had. So um, I mean, for me, I gave this an eight point five out of ten. Um, much better than the previous Suicide Squad, like we discussed before. Um, there's not much to be said about the ranking here. I just think that, that I mean, eight point five out of ten is a pretty high ranking. You know, I I, I think it earned that. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. It it really. Honestly, it satisfied me in every way that I was expecting it to. You know, the 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 comedy, the action, the CGI, the 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 chemistry between the actors and the characters, which again is just another great thing that James Gunn does. It, it really satisfied me on every level along the lines of that. The only reason I don't think that I would give it a, like an, a bit of a higher score is they didn't bring in any like bigger DC names. Like I would have really liked to have seen like maybe a little bit of mention or cutscene of the Joker or mm-hmm. or something mentioning Superman or Batman, in which they did mention Superman with Bloodsport. The reason why he was in prison was because he put Superman in the ICU by shooting him with a kryptonite bullet. Yeah. Um so there was a bit of mention of it, but it would have been cool to see like a cutscene of like, oh, he shot Superman and this is Henry Cavill getting shot by Bloodsport's kryptonite bullet uh-huh. and then they arrest Bloodsport. That would like have been that, cool. That would have been that would cool have been as amazing. Hell. So yeah, 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 right. So yeah, I mean that's why it, it would have if if they would have had something like that, it would have been a, a like a mid to high nine for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, eight point five out of ten. So as you know, Josh wasn't able to make it into the studio today, uh, into the dungeon o doom, but uh, we Tyler and I and Josh we we were all talking and it, it wouldn't feel right to have a um, a complete Joshless episode. So we decided to phone him in. Um, he recorded a little snippet at home, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna paste it in right here in the episode. Um, so here's what uh, here's what Josh thought of the movie. You know, first thoughts about this movie, and especially about DC, is that you know they kind of feels like they've been rushing everything. They never take the time to really provide backstory to the people that are going to be in their movies. It's kind of hope you read the comics type situation uh, and I feel the same way about this one Suicide Squad 2 it feels like this movie was rushed I know it's supposed to be a sequel to Suicide Squad but I don't know it just there was too much happening in it if you didn't think about it as being a DC movie I feel like it would have been a much better kind of superhero film um, looking into the movie you know we had a, a lot of big names you know Idris Elba John Cena um 
you know, Margot Robbie, Sylvester Stallone, just to name a few of the big ones. You know, we had returned characters here like Harley Quinn. We had a uh, flag, you know, as far as the big soldier boy. Um, but, you know, again, you know, a lot of this movie just kind of opened up with all these characters and then 10 minutes in, you know, everybody dies, you know, which I understand is a distraction, but I mean, why introduce those people in the first place? Uh, moving on a little bit, you know, thinking about how, um, you know, everything took place in the movie. There were a lot of uh, callbacks. You know, there's a lot of uh, three days earlier or eight minutes before or, you know, like stuff like that. Operation Harley Quinn, you know, stuff like that. I, I just I really didn't like about this movie because, you know, I'm one of those people that maybe one, you know, beforehand callback is OK. But, you know, continuous throughout the movie, I, I didn't really like too much. Um Thinking about, you know, my favorite character, honestly, this person was only in the movie for, again, the first five, ten minutes, and, you know, at the end as well as Weasel, because, I don't know, he was so simple, you know, licking the glass, his eyes were all bulged out, he was biped, but, you know, everybody was grossed out about him, he couldn't swim, they tried to revive him on the beach, but, you know, he just, he stayed dead until the end, which was great, because... You know, I would have loved to see more of him in the movie. I just don't feel like he would have been a big contributor to the team. Adding on with the the callbacks in the movie, there's a whole lot of just, you know, dick, uh, dick reference, dick showing in the movie. You know, you had John Cena in the beginning with his whitey tidy. He's got his fucking hog stuck in there. You know, later, you know, when they're creeping onto the beach to take those people out. Um, you can, you can see that one guy just full dick out. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, I get how that's, you know, kind of sexist. If I was to say, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing boobs or something, but when it comes to seeing dicks, don't show me, but I, I really don't, I don't want to see it in a movie. You know, I get, they want to do like R rating. They want to be big. They want to be able to say whatever they want to say and show whatever they want to show, but leave the dicks out of it. I don't need to see that stuff. There's a lot of, like, dick talk in there, too, you know, eating dicks, sucking dicks that, you know, I mean, you just, even after seeing the dicks, you're just like, Jesus Christ, like, how many times are you going to throw these dicks in here? It's something that I just didn't want to, you know, I, again, I don't want to see it. Um, bring me boobs all day, but dicks is not on the menu for me. Uh, moving on to my favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene is where, you know, like everybody dies in the beginning and then it goes over to the actual people, you know, Idris Elba and all them, um, uh, you know, John Cena and them sneaking into the beach. They get into after they, you know, make camp and all that shit. Then they sneak in and they're killing all these people. But those are the freedom fighters. And it made me laugh because. You know, it's exactly who they are. It's a bunch of criminals or think they're doing their job. They break into this camp and they kill people quietly. And when they get up to, you know, they see Flag there in the in the tent with them. They're like, what's going on? She's like, why didn't my people show or tell me that, you know, you, you guys were here? Like, where are they? And they're like, oh, I don't know. We didn't see anybody, blah, blah, blah. But the polka dot guy's like, I thought they were my mother, so I killed them all. It's so perfect because that guy's so timid. And polka dot man, like, who who is this as a superhero like who wrote that in like he's a he's a good superhero he's a this is a good idea overall though i like the macho stuff between uh john cena and Idris Elba. um you know who's the better killer who's you know who can 
shoot a best bullet, who can stab the best, whatever, throw a knife. Um, I really liked that in the beginning because, you know, you thought it was going to be this sort of like friendship type thing. And then later in the movie, of course, you know, one of them is a, is a spy or a spook, you know? So, um, John Cena took that role. He didn't live it out very well. I mean, his fight with everyone else lasted, I think five or 10 minutes, something like that in the movie. And he ended up dying. So, you know, and it's another callback too. you know, to that whole macho thing is, you know, John Cena and Idris Elba are saying, well, I could do this or I could do this. Or, so I'm better than you. I'm better than you type mentality. But at the very end, when Idris Elba shoots John Cena, he uses a smaller bullet. And earlier, John Cena had said, well, I could kill him better because I can shoot smaller bullets, that type of situation. I got to say, though, most of the movie, it, it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. I, I think I, I wrote it down here that an hour and 27 minutes into the movie is when it, when I thought it finally got good. You know, there's a lot more action. There's a lot more going on. You know, a lot of a lot of the movie was pretty boring to me because they're just trying to get to uh, Jotunheim and, you know, blow it up or take it down. And, you know, they don't know their their purpose yet, but once they, you know, meet the thinker and they get in and they see what's going on with the giant starfish, which is another thing to me, like, you know, I was raised up on Batman and Superman and, you know, they clash and then there's like the Flash and like the Justice League and all this stuff. And then, you know, this movie, like I said, it felt rushed. They have this giant starfish that's locked in this building and has been for 30 years, which is blows my mind because the moment he's able to get out, do the explosions, he just busts right out of there. And I feel like he could have done that in the beginning, you know, but you've got all these starfish type things with eyes stuck on people's faces. And you know, there's all these people getting, um, tortured and they're strapped to chairs and strapped to beds and all this other shit. And, but these things can fly, right? These things can fly onto faces and then take over the host. So my thought is, is it, is it just that they can only take over one host and that's why they're stuck there? Or, you know, could they have just taken one host of some guy that was walking around break into the system and let, you know, big Mac daddy starfish out of the fucking tube. Because I mean, that's something that really didn't make sense to me. And I understand, you know, we can't really talk about plausibility in these type of movies because this is a make believe superhero universe, but it just, I don't know. There's so many things that could have happened there. A reason why he shouldn't be stuck in this tube for 30 years doesn't make sense. And it's funny, another callback is right into the beginning, the guy with the spear, I forget his name, he has the German accent, he tells Harley Quinn, oh, you can, you know, you can have the spear um, because, you know, you're the one that should take care of it now. And the moment you see that starfish, you're like, that's what the spear is for. I mean, it's like, there's no if, ands, or buts, like, that's what it's for. And it, you know, kind of bothered me. Because there's so many things you just pick out, like, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Um, you can tell, you know, like, even when they turn around to go fight the starfish towards the end of the movie, Fuller's like, I'm going to blow their brains out, you know, I'm going to blow their heads off. And you can see the staff has given her those looks throughout the whole movie, like, but what about the kids? You know, like, you can't do this, and you can't do that, but I'm going to keep doing my job, keep my head down, because this lady's crazy. And they end up knocking her out, you know, towards the end of the movie. And it's, it's just funny to me, because you just know that's going to happen. You know, you just, these DC movies, I don't feel like they give you a whole lot of, you know, what's going to happen next, because you can put two to two together really quick. They just, I don't know, they're getting lazy, you know, and they're writing nowadays, I feel. The other thing that I don't think set this movie apart very well is that this is just another 
another group of mercenaries or another group of soldiers going into a South America, you know, island or something and trying to take down the government or take down something, you know, and it turns out that they kind of take down some of the government, you know, by the end of it, the freedom fighters, which were introduced real quick. And then end of the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, we're back. You know, we're back. We're going to take over this thing. Even though there's a giant fucking starfish walking around destroying buildings. You know, and at the end of it, they, you know, the Suicide Squad, they beat the starfish. And the freaking fire's like, yeah, we're going to have a real democracy. There's always, there's always somebody there to take over those South American islands, which I don't think is actually the case. You know, at least I don't see it on the news a lot where dictator after dictator after dictator are, you know, taking over. But, you know, who am I to judge? I'm not well-versed in politics, so, I mean, I can't really tell you what is and isn't happening mostly throughout the entire world because I simply just don't care. You know, if we're going to die, we're going to be taken over. Maybe I'll start taking a look into it, but I just, I really don't. I don't really give a shit about that stuff, so I couldn't tell you if that stuff actually happens. And then I kind of wanted to talk about, like, Jodenheim for a minute. Like, Jodenheim is part of the, you know, like, Norse mythology type situation. The name itself and what it was didn't make sense to me because why? Like, why would you name it that? The Germans, who supposedly built this structure, you know, I understand that Hitler, when he took over, was looking for all those mystical artifacts throughout the world, you know, things to make him supernatural or godlike. But... I mean, I feel like if they really wanted to win the war, you know, during World War II or whatever, they would have just busted this giant fucking starfish out, made friends with it, and, you know, seen what they could have done on the mainland. But I don't know. The name didn't make sense to me. The movie didn't really make sense to me. I get that it's the Suicide Squad going on another mission, you know, doing what Fuller wants them to do, um, erasing the fact that the United States helped fund those projects or held those, um, you know, tortures and experiments there in that building. And she wanted to destroy all that. But again, you know, it just, the, the writing for me, again, with this movie and a lot of the DC movies just doesn't make sense to me. It just, it doesn't flow. And, you know, I'd hate to bring up the Marvel universe and be like, that's how you're supposed to do things. You know, you get backstory with each character and then you build up to one main fucking thing, but that's not the world we live in with the DC universe. And I mean, on that same subject, it feels like that we've been giving DC so many chances to actually pick up and do the right thing or make movies that really, you know, people really do want to see. I just, you know, I feel like this has been a competition from the beginning and Marvel, you know, took off with gas, just fucking won the race. And just DC has been trying to catch up this entire time with lackluster, you know, lackluster movies, lackluster writing. You know, they, they have some big name characters in there, but I mean, a lot of it just hasn't worked, you know, like even with the Joker with Jared Leto, nobody fucking likes him as Jared Leto. He's the redheaded stepchild of the Joker world. I mean, even Joaquin Phoenix, it didn't actually play like a sadistic type, you know, like the actual Joker that we grew up with. He did like a thousand times better than Jared Leto did. And that's the thing. And I don't know if it's because they're casting wrong, but again, I feel like it's writing. I feel like it's the directors. I just, I, I feel like they could do better. You know, and it goes to say, too, you know, how everything left off at the very end of the movie, you know, with like Ratcatcher 2 and the shark guy, Sylvester Stallone, Idris Elba and Harley Quinn. You know, it, go, it just goes to show like, oh, yeah, we're free now. We're free. And if you do anything, you know, we're going to release this whole thing to the public. But see, it, there was no noted contingency there. Like what happens? Does 
you know, uh, Idris Elba's character, uh, Bloodsport, he had control over the upload to the secure server and all this other stuff. Um, you know, he should have said something like, it's linked to my heartbeat, so if I die, you know, it goes public. But, I mean, what happens if he dies? It just, it makes more sense to give some sort of substance as to why, like, what's going to stop you know him from doing that if he's dead because in my mind after he told her like you, you know don't try anything she could have just sent somebody to kill him it would have been that easy all in all i'll wrap it up like this i didn't like the movie uh the characters were okay to watch there are too many you know beforehand like three days earlier eight minutes earlier that type of situation just you know it, it didn't flow right to me um you had too many big names in the beginning and they're all dead and then you're stuck with uh, the other five or six that, the, that we have left which you know eh, you know they could have picked better people to have um overall though if I was going to rank this movie out of 10, I'd probably give it like a four or five. I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I haven't been a fan of the rest of the DC universe. Um, I mean, as far as what's happening nowadays, the old DC shit, Batman movies, fantastic. But um, this stuff just doesn't do it for me. And until it does, I'm going to have the same opinion about all those movies. All right, Josh out. So yeah, I got a couple of favorite characters. Um, I've got King Shark, uh, which... Again, not very many lines, but he was fun as hell. Um, I, I, I kind of compare him a bit to the the Incredible Hulk, um, you know, along the lines of like he's not very personable, uh, but he's funny and yeah. he's kind of indestructible and he's brutal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really liked Hulk in the Avenger movies and I really liked King Shark in, uh, in the Suicide Squad. The only thing that bums me out about King Shark, and they did it well enough in this to where it was it was it was fun. It worked fine. It made me forget about it. But in the comic books, he's not a great white. He's a he's a straight up hammerhead shark. Um, and for me, continuity wise, would have been super cool to see a hammerhead shark. Um, I know that it wouldn't be as easy to have a hammerhead shark eat mm-hmm. an entire human being in like a few bites, but. Um, well, there's there's different. I I mean, and that's that. I mean, with comic book movies and continuity, I think that that's what makes it great. Is there's so many different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and and King Shark, I I I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I and I'll have to look it up. Mm-hmm. But but he's known now currently as a Flash villain, which is weird. Um, I think he got his start being. I think it was a Justice League villain. Yeah. Um, but but at one point he was a main villain for Aquaman. Right. And I think it was the Aquaman villain. That's where he was the hammerhead. But okay. in, in where he's popular um, is the Flash, and he's a great white. Oh, really? And okay. so and that's I, there's so many different versions of him, which well, is and that's what makes yeah. comic book movies from comic books so awesome is they can do, you know, they can they can they can have the joker be you know a heath ledger style joker which is just like a an anarchist and a maniac they can have a a gangster style joker with uh with jack nicholson they can have the jared leto style joker and stuff and all still be you know all still have great continuity with the actual comic books because there's so many different versions of the joker throughout the dc comics so superboy was his first appearance okay was king shark's first appearance was he was he the hammerhead at that point looking it up do it up but yeah it's uh, so so he lent he lent himself to be one of my favorite characters just because um 
I, I mean, he was fun. He was just every time he was on screen or they gave him a line or he was doing something, I thought it was hilarious. Like when he made the the little C four like uh, sculpture of Peacemaker, yeah. and it was it was it's just like a clay C four, and he's like. Does he say peacemaker or something? But he holds it up to him. He's like peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. And it's and he's like that looks nothing like me. Just put it on the, on the on the wall or whatever. And the peacemaker's like that's very nice. I like it. Thank you so much <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, he was just he was hilarious. Um, and then uh, my other favorite character is for sure gonna be. Did you find out some more interesting? interesting yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. So I got it pulled up. Um, it looks like first appearance. He doesn't even look like a shark at all. Looks um, like a lizard. Yeah, more, looks like kind of like a frog, but um closer in line with a uh, great white maybe okay but there is definitely some hammerhead versions of him like oh, i mentioned right like in suicide squad um, okay which he is uh like a in the comics he's a he's a full rotating member of, of the suicide, suicide squad, squad. Yeah, yeah right for sure and that's and that's another thing is is i mean i know that james gunn goes through any any he, he same with uh what was his what was the previous director's name David Ayer. David Ayer. I, I know that they went through and they actually chose members who were in the actual Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. so that's that's good. Um, so yeah, he's one of my favorites. Um, and then Harley Quinn. Uh, whenever she's in a movie, I'm mm-hmm. as Harley Quinn. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. Not only is she just, she's got the mannerisms down. She's got the 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 kind of ditzy, yeah, you know, cocky type girl, but she's also got the fucking badass side of her as well. Like when she. So there's another character in this that lasts five minutes. That lasts five minutes in it, um, and it's Javelin. Um, and uh, when he dies, uh, before that, him and Harley Quinn are on the the plane together, and they're they're flying out to to go do the mission. And they kind of bond a little bit. She's like, "I love your accent," and the, there's a whole line where he's like, "Yeah, all American girls love my accent." Uh-huh. Blah 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 blah. And Harley Quinn's like, "That's because we ain't got no accent or something like that." In an accent, she says in, that <laughs> in her very strong, like New York style accent. But uh, uh, he dies pretty early on in the in the movie and decides to give her his javelin. And um, there's a scene where she finally gets out of like she gets captured by the the enemy uh, military and she finally breaks loose um, in a brutal way. She like snaps this dude's neck with like her legs. It's fucking, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she breaks loose and she gets that javelin and there's a whole scene where she's going through and just like ripping throats out and stabbing like like piercing through two people at once with this javelin and stuff, which is absolutely insane. But she's got that brutal side to her that I really enjoy while still being kind of a cute and really like likable and flirty, you know, mm-hmm. ditzy girl, which is just a lot of depth to that character. And Margot Robbie, again, just does a fantastic job. So those yeah. are. Those are probably my two favorite characters. Who'd you like the the most in this? Um, mine's is mine's got to go. Mine's got to go to Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man. Okay. I mean, I is I, I mean, because he's fun. We've we've already seen we've already seen Harley Quinn, so you kind of know what you're getting for that one. Right. Um, and and Bloodsport is basically, um, Deadshot. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they they can you can flip those back and forth for sure. Um, but Polka Dot Man, I. I went in thinking, oh, he's gonna be one of those like he's gonna run off and get his head die off. right off the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but he does, but he doesn't. And um, I mean, just knowing his his backstory, his mommy issues, and and how he works through them, and how he got his powers, how so, he got his powers, and how he uses them. Yeah, I he had he had an arc. Uh, he he had a, a a beginning, a middle, and an end, mm-hmm. and and I liked it. So they he like his character is actually pretty like pretty deep like it's a deep character 
Um, and like the and it's brutal too. Like literally, his mother was experimenting on him and his brothers and sisters to try to make them superheroes. So doing a bunch yeah, of crazy. She worked different... at Star Labs, right? Exactly, and, which and... is where you know the Flash, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where Cyborg, Cyborg was created. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's it's it leads it's it leads itself to 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 a lot of continuity that uh, you know the hardcore fans will really enjoy. But uh, he ends up getting this interdimensional. Uh, is it what? What does he say? Inter- interdimensional virus mm-hmm. to where it literally he starts like getting these lesions on his skin that are just brightly colored, lit up polka dot colors and mm-hmm. shapes on him. And if he doesn't expel that from his body, i.e., puking out like molten polka dots that just <laughs> burn through everything, mm-hmm. um, then they they he explodes and he dies. So. You see a few times throughout the movie, he just starts getting these crazy bumps that are just brightly colored lights mm-hmm. on his skin, and then he explains it, and one of the scenes, he even gets up in the middle of the night, and Bloodsport watches him go into the forest, and he pukes up all these like brightly colored uh-huh. polka dots, and then comes back fine with no bumps or anything on him. Um, and, but yeah, that that superhero like ability that he has of shooting those like polka dots out... Like when they're when they're in Jodenheim and those two guards kill uh what was that dude's Milton. Milton the guy Milton. that yeah. no one remembers. <laughs> um when they kill Milton and he uses the polka dots to just evaporate those dudes. Like how yeah. they go through them and everything, it just the, the special effects were amazing and like I never thought that I would hear I never thought that I would say, Oh, like a dude that throws polka dots at people is a badass like yeah, a badass special yeah. ability, but it was cool. It and was he's super not, cool. He's not a well-known comic book at all villain or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Silver Age, mm-hmm. few issues. Also in Suicide Squad, though. Yeah. So like, so he's he has made appearances in Suicide Squad, but you're absolutely right. Like before that, not much at all. Say hello to our favorite scene. And now, our favorite scene. When they're ambushing that camp, uh, they got Peacemaker and Dead uh, Deadshot, or uh, Bloodsport, or... <laughs> see what I'm doing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, got, they got Peacemaker and Bloodsport were showing off and how they kill each other. That whole scene was cool and really brutal. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it was... That, that was a... It was a really fun scene. Like the, the my favorite part of that is when they're like walking by and there's a guy just like laying on a bed. Like, looks like he's like getting a massage or just like soaking his face or something and like Peacemaker just like nonchalantly walks by him and just like four or five like axe chops to his body like it's nothing yeah. not even looking at him just like hack 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 and like just walking by it's 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 hilarious but um and then real quick here i want to make sure to touch on the ending of this so they um peacemaker is the one who kills colonel rick flag um and then in very in, in marvel fashion uh they have two post-credit scenes one is there in a hospital and you see two of the people who work for uh amanda waller uh viola davis's character in in this hospital and they're looking into a room and you expect it to be Colonel Rick Flagg survived the stabbing from Peacemaker where in actuality um, it the camera zooms over and you see Peacemaker in, in the bed and he survived getting shot in the throat by uh, by Bloodsport. Um, so that leads it to the fact that they're going to be having a TV show with with James Gunn and uh, John Cena playing Peacemaker. Um, so that's cool. And then another post-credit scene you've got here, um, and I'll, I'll leave you guys with this, was uh, there was a character named Weasel that was in this movie <laughs> that is literally like a man, we- like a weasel that, that walks on two legs and is all lanky, and he, he, he kills and eats children. Who was um, mo- mo-capped by Sean Gunn. Yep. Yeah. 
James' yep. younger brother. Yep. Yeah. He's he plays. Uh, he was in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, he was also as himself in this movie as the prison inmate who was making fun of Polka Dot Man. Calendar Man. Yeah. That's it, who it, that was was. it was Calendar, Calendar Man. Man. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, a very lesser known Batman villain. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was that was a nice little cameo, but um, yeah, he calls like. Uh, he calls Polka Dot Man like a fucking pussy. He's like, hey, you yeah, want to yeah. play my kid's birthday party, you fucking pussy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious. Um, but yeah, at the end of it, you think that uh, Weasel dies because at the beginning of the movie, he uh, he drowns and uh, Savant like, tries to go get him and he pulls him up and he's like, yeah, uh, Weasel's dead. And then the final credit of the scene is like Weasel like hacking up water and he just gets up and he scurries off into the forest of Corto Maltese or whatever. Corto Maltese. Corto Maltese. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the episode of the Suicide Squad. I know I'm probably missing some stuff, but it's a little bit of a longer episode just because I really enjoy talking about DC movies with my boy Dylan over here. Um, yo, yo. I know, uh, I know it's a little different not having Josh here, but next time we get in to record something, we'll have Josh with us and uh, we'll be back to normal before you know it. Thanks so much for sticking around with us. We have some good content coming down the pipe in the next few weeks, including our first horror film. And if you want to be featured in our upcoming episode on Forrest Gump, head on over to anchor.fm forward slash after the credits TJ and leave us a voice message telling us your thoughts on the movie. If you've missed a previous episode, you can still listen to them on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you can think of. Thanks for listening and hanging out with us. Let us know what your thoughts about The Suicide Squad are over on our Instagram and Facebook at AfterTheCredits.TJ. And while you're there, let us know what you think we should cover next. Until then, we love you more than Peacemaker loves Liberty. That's a wrap.